My name is Eden, and welcome back to Crossroads Cafe. Today's episode is an interview with Jocelyn McKenzie, a musician, artist, and medium. We talked about the relationship between the spirit world and creativity, about her new debut LP Push out on January 29th, and so, so much more. This was an amazing conversation. Thank you, Jocelyn, uh, and thank you for listening. Be sure to download and stream Push. So thank you so much for joining me today um, on Crossroads Cafe. This is a podcast about the intersection of creativity and spirituality and social change. And when I heard about all your interests and in, in creative work, I just I knew that you would be perfect for this podcast because it's sort of all about intersections of different forces. Um, so yeah, I would love to hear... Um, First off, you're releasing an LP push um, in January, and I would love to hear about what inspired the album and what ideas were running through your mind while you were creating it. Oh, thank you so much, Eden. And, you know, I, hearing that you host this podcast was really exciting too because I think that, you know, for me as a creative person, spirituality and creativity are so interconnected and and have been even in a secular way for longer than I would have maybe said it in that way. So I was really excited to know that you do this work and have space for for us to talk about it this way. So thank you for that. Um, Yeah, Push is an album for String Quartet that has been compiled of songs that I've written over the course of many, many years. So it's my first album since I left my band Pearl and the Beard, or we we disbanded as a group, so it was uh, all amicable, of course, but uh, it's my first album as a solo artist. So they say that you have your entire life to make your first album, and that I found that to be very true because I was pulling from songs that I had written 12 years ago and then some that I had written a week before we got into the arranging process you know so it was really from a a clutch of all different areas of my life and a big part of the process of creating it and the inspiration was that as a solo artist I'm actually rather limited in terms of what I can do as I'm not an instrumentalist really you know I, I play ukulele but it's it's really just kind of a means to an ends for me of you know, getting the songs translated and out into the world so I can create demos. And I I will perform live on uke, but it's not really my first instinct. So um, I wanted to collaborate with people who could make this thing even bigger and better than what I could do on my own. So really the whole thing was an act of letting it go, letting the songs go, giving the demos to a group of people and just seeing what came back. So I started with about 19 demos and I sent them out to 11 people, not knowing who would say yes or which songs they would pick. And I was really kind of in a very spiritual way, leaving it up to the universe to decide what this album was going to become, you know? So I knew of these 19, I would be happy to have any of them on the album. Um, But I really wanted to work with what was feeling really resonant for other creatives. And of those people that I reached out to and the demos that I had sent, five arrangers got back to me and between them had chosen 12 songs. So it really was kind of this beautiful, balanced, you know, the number 12 is a very big number for me. It feels very balanced and, you know, 12 months of the year and that kind of thing. So, um, so it was exciting to see it create itself. You know, I always was saying that push really is creating itself. Uh, and even in the process of physically getting it made. So that was just in terms of getting the demos in the hands of arrangers who, and I told them, okay, string quartet, 
percussion, voice. Those are that's your palette. You know, kind of like when you watch um, Chopped on the Food Network, and they're like, okay, you have this basket of food. You have to make something amazing out of only the ingredients in this basket. And that's what I said to the arrangers, and they were all um, incredibly creative and generous with what they made. So it was so exciting to have it be this collaboration where it was like, okay, universe, you you tell me what this album is. And, and it felt really good. And we've we've treated it that way throughout every part of the creative process from, you know, who is going to work on it to how are the videos going to be, you know, the music videos for some of the songs have been that way. You know, I would put out a creative prompt and then just see what people gave back to me. And that was really exciting too. Um, so to co-create with the universe is really the core of it. And after I felt the name of the album come, because it really was just this matter of like, how do we keep creating in a world that is different than the one that I came from, right? Like I came from this world of bands and touring and now it's like, okay, I'm on my own. I want to be making this thing for a string quartet, which is maybe a little bit different to tour. Um, and especially now, I mean, this was all started pre-COVID for sure. So um, I later learned that PUSH is an acronym for um, Pray Until Something Happens, right? Which is wild that I didn't even know that when I the name of the album came to me. And also it could be, you know, play until something happens or practice until something happens, persevere. You know, there's all these different kind of encouraging messages that I think are built into that act of this album really creating itself, you know, and and even coming down to the funding and like Indiegogo, people contributing, you know, it's just all been so collaborative. It's been incredible. That's wonderful. Yeah, the album is such a beautiful combination of power and vul- and vulnerability. Um, Thank you. So it's, yeah, it, obviously all of it worked. Uh, and yeah, in your press release, you described the decision to make a string-based album as a download. Um, could you elaborate mm-hmm. a little bit more on that word? Yeah, so that the word download is a really popular one in the psychic community as a phenomenon when you know, all of a sudden you're just kind of hit with information, right? Like as if you just press download and you just had this knowledge, right? And that's really what happened with Push where, you know, at the very beginning stages of starting to work on it, which was about, you know, five years ago, I was like, okay, I know I want to make an album. I have all these songs. I have some new ones, some old ones, but I don't want to hear an album for ukulele. (laughs) You know, like frankly, I mean, there are plenty of amazing artists out there who have made full albums for ukulele that are great. But I just didn't want to make that album, you know, and so I was just like, okay, well, I'll just I guess I'll just wait until I get inspired or, you know, see what happens. And then I was I I remember it like it was yesterday. I was sitting in a cafe and drinking a coffee and all of a sudden it was like string quartet you will make an album for string quartet I was like what is happening it felt like a burning bush moment and I was like okay I guess that's what I'm gonna do and so I immediately called Emily my bandmate from Pearl and the Beard who's a you know our cello player who's incredible and I was like Emily can you make this with me and she was like uh, n- not the whole thing. No, that's insane. <laughs> um, sorry, not insane. That's a word I would like to stop using in that way. I apologize. But um, it was a lot, it was a lot to ask of one person. So that was the other part of it of uh, bringing some other folks in. But but yeah, that's a psychic experience that happens to folks all the time. What that we don't really talk about it that way, right? Like you just maybe you just know like, oh man, you know I I should bring my umbrella today, even though there's not a cloud in the sky and later on, you know, it starts pouring and you're like, yep, I knew it, you know, and uh, it's exciting when that happens. So I try to listen to it. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's something that 
it's not spoken about um, a lot in prevailing discourse about art. I feel like just how how connected the spark of inspiration is to spirituality um, mm-hmm. or to divine intervention. Like I didn't realize that I was placing faith in something until much later in my life um, mm. when it came to creating things. So yeah, I would. Um, that's one thing that really struck me because you're also um, a psychic medium and. I guess first off, I would love to hear a little bit, just a little bit, how you got started in the world, in that world, and what your early experience or journey towards becoming a medium was like. Oh, thank you for asking. It's uh, still a mystery to me in so many ways, and I'm constantly baffled by it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I started out. My connection with the spirit world started as a teenager. You know, so I, I had a friend who kind of introduced me to some relatives who had passed away that lived in her house still and and it was a very real experience for me and and uh not to be aloof about it but it was the kind of thing that once I was exposed to the idea that souls carry on after we have a physical body the truth of it was so evident to me that I I it was just kind of in the same way that the sky is blue you know I was like yeah of course you know it, it wasn't really something that I felt any kind of uh, questioning about but then you know as a teenager you have different interests you know okay cool Ouija board spooky stuff you know all that and that was fun um, but then you know went to college got a job had a life didn't really think about it for a long time and then last summer you know I just had this really intense spiritual awakening I had had um, you know and I can go on and on so forgive me if I <laughs> you know I can talk about this for hours but um I, at a certain point last summer, I had had a lot of synchronicities happening in my life. And this has been true for me for ages anyhow. So this wasn't entirely new. But there was a certain point last summer that there was a month that went by that I ran into somebody that I knew on the streets of New York City every single day. And now I know a lot of people, but that was pretty odd. I mean, to and they would be from all different corners. And actually one of those people... You know, and I would hear it, and this was the thing. It wasn't just like, you know, some sometimes it was just, oh, yeah, I'll bump into somebody. But then other times I would hear a voice in my head. And it would, it would be like, slow down or turn left or go into that train car, right? And just for fun, I mean, because if you're hearing voices, and I was thinking, like, maybe there's something wrong with me. Do I need to see a doctor? What's going on? But then I was like, you know what? Just for fun. What if I just pretended that it was real? right? What if I listen and just see what happens? And that's the thing about spirituality. It's like, I think it can be really hard to talk about because it can sound like it's so serious. But what if we just had fun with it, right? It's like, if you hear a voice in your head that tells you to slow down so you can appreciate the view, it's like, what's the harm in just trying it and see what happens? So I did. So I was like, okay, well, you want me to slow down? So that was one of the examples. I I heard this voice, slow down, you're walking too fast. And I slowed down. And who saddles up next to me walking on the street but Josh Roth, who I is now my manager. But I had known him 10 years ago from another project. And you know what I mean? And and so we bumped into each other. And that was what kickstarted us. You know, then I was sending him my demos, asking how what he was up to, this kind of thing. He was looking to get back into management. I was looking to get a manager. And it turned out we live on the same block in Brooklyn. You know what I mean? And we ran into each other on Union Square. So it was like, like stuff like that was happening. I'm not exaggerating every single day. Every day. So I was like, okay, something's up, right? So I just started Googling it. 
that's the truth of it. I just went on YouTube and I went on this massive YouTube bender. I th- I'm hearing voices. What's happening? I think I am con- being contacted and I was in, I, I was open to anything. Aliens, you know, am, do I need medication? Whatever it was, I, I was curious about it. But I had this sense deep within that I was safe. You know, it all felt very safe to me. I felt very grounded in this knowledge. And I saw this one YouTube video that said, if you think you may be having communication from another realm, seek out mediums. Like, go see other mediums and see what they have to say, because this is a real thing, and you're not alone. So I was like, okay, well, why not? So I Google again, New York Psychic Medium Meetup, right? Just There was one the next day, two blocks away from my work, 15 minutes after I got off of work. You know what I mean? So it was stuff like that that just kind of kept happening. And then after that, the light switch flipped on and it was like, oh no. And it became for me, this is something that I have to learn how to turn the volume down on, right? And, you know, I'm still learning how to hone my skills and and increase and improve that communication with spirit. But I was like in the fetal position for a month. I thought I was going out of my mind and it felt really untethering. So... Um, it's been a learning curve since then of how to kind of temper it, mm. but it's been amazing, and I'm 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 just so excited about it. Yeah, that's wonderful. I've, I guess I've had experiences like where I'm paying attention to synchronicities or things, and then they start happening more. And it's like once you get on that wavelength, that keeps happening. But for you, mm-hmm. it definitely sounds like a direct connection. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean. I don't want to um, ask too much about any tricks of the trade, but I'd love to hear what it's like for you when you um, contact spirits or, or do your work or sort of either what your feeling is or if there's any stories that stand out to you from that. Yeah, thanks for asking. And, you know, that's the thing. It's like the tricks of the trade, I feel like I'll always be learning them too, right? Because in the same way that I really feel like, you know, spirits are, are to me, um, you know, just people, but just they don't have bodies, right? So in the same way that some people are better at communicating their ideas or sharing their feelings uh, than others, it's the same thing with spirit, right? So uh, in terms of actual contact and what's happening in these sessions, uh, or even out of a session when I'm doing my personal work, the main key is trust, right? To trust that if you are having this experience, that it is real. And to a skeptic that may sound like a self-fulfilling prophecy, right? Of like, oh, well, then I can just believe anything is real and it's real, right? But that's actually true. And for me, I think one of the core points of it is, let's say that you have a really beautiful opening experience with a medium where, you know, or, or any spiritual experience that you have either individually or with someone else, and it helps you like, let's say, you know what I mean? If it helps you, if it makes your day better, or if it, even if it gives you a different way of thinking about things, right? So it's like, oh yeah, so this, this musician lady says she can talk to ghosts. It's like, well, I'm going to, I don't believe her, or I'm going to think about it this way. She says this, well, I think that. It's like, okay, well, that's great. You know, like there's nothing wrong with that conversation, right? So to me, there's no wrong way to approach it. And because even on the most secular level, it can help people or at least spark conversation that becomes meaningful and makes us think about what we believe in 
and how aligned we are. Uh, so I, I really fall on that. So then in terms of the actual process, you know, trusting your communication from spirit is so important, right? And that was the first thing when I walked into that class on the first day, you know, I walked in and I was so nervous and I was like, oh my God, I'm new. I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't even know if this is a thing. And, you know, the, the teacher had us sit down and doing the little exercises. And, you know, the first thing is to, you know, protect yourself. We say a little prayer of protection or set an intention. If the word prayer is not your word, um, set an intention. Like, I have the highest and greatest good for all involved here. So if I know my intention is pure, I'm only going to attract pure energies as well. It's just like if you go to a party and like, you know, the different kinds of parties are right. It's like, this is the 4am rager where like everyone's doing a ton of drugs. And then, you know, Mr. Rogers walks in. It's like, "Mm, that's not really the vibe. Right. But then, you know, if you have a Mr. Rogers party, the drug dealer's not going to go to that party. Right. So it's the same thing with spirit. We just kind of have to set the energy of what's the party we want to have. And then the people that want to come to it are going to be attracted to it. Right. So in that first lesson, the teacher was like, yeah, you know, just just trust yourself. Um, so really, the, the main thing is learning how to get out of my own way, right? Because I'm a human being with my own thoughts and opinions and experiences that during a session, I may have an idea about what this person needs to know or, or how to interpret things, right? But it's not up to me to, to interpret messages from spirit. You know, my job is to just say, I see X, I hear Y you know, I understand Z. And then the person has to kind of put it together for themselves because, you know, the example that I like to give is, let's say in a session, if I say, I see a little girl and I can hear a dog barking and I sense the color green, right? To one person that might mean, oh, well, when I was a little girl, I had a dog named Green Bean who passed away and that's little Green Bean wants to say hi, right? And to someone else, they might say, oh, that sounds like Dorothy and Toto in the Emerald City. The, was- the Wizard of Oz was my grandmother's favorite movie. That's my grandma who wants to come say hello, right? So it's all up to you, and, and trusting our personal meanings for things is super important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. Um, so do you kind of go into a, a meditative state, or do you just kind of allow the visions to, to float towards you? Yes. Yes to both. <laughs> we always start with a little silent meditation, and I think meditation is so important because, you know, it just helps just just level out, you know. It's just like drinking a glass of water. It can just kind of calibrate us a little bit. Um, but, you know, opening the channel is something that I'm learning how to do more readily in a way that can hopefully inform a mindful way of living in everything that I do. And it's certainly something that I have experienced in songwriting mm-hmm. before I knew I was a medium, right? So yeah. it just you get in this st- in this state where you're just I'm not I I do not care what is going on in this present world reality, right? I'm just in that creative zone and allowing things to come through me. You know, even if it's like picking up a paintbrush or, you know, oh, I'm really engaged in making this sandwich, whatever it is, that creative act that you're doing. If you're in the flow of it, that's channeling spirit, you know, to me anyway. That's, and that's important to remember that it's accessible at all times, right? It's not like we have to be, you know, a guru or a specialist. You know, it's, it's, spirit is available for everyone at all times, no matter what. So I try to bring that to my life as much as I can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's one thing I often hear is that every action can be a way of engaging with something higher um events really simple things which is a hard thing to put into practice but um a beautiful yeah. idea yeah i wanted to ask uh, actually about your how you see um being a medium and sort of these connections um 
as related to your music and if they're connected in your mind and sort of um, how, yeah, how that connection works. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I have no idea how it works. I, <laughs> there's a part of me that I, I hope to never know how it works mm-hmm. because it almost is like, I feel like it kind of works in the same way that electricity works. Mm-hmm. Like I know that if I switch on my light switch, that something's going to happen. And if the light stays off, that something's wrong, you know, and I have to change the light bulb. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a similar thing where I could not tell you how electricity works, but, um, I really rely on light bulbs and, you know, Wi-Fi and, you know, all the the energy that I use every day. Um, So it's similar to that in terms of how I connect with spirit in a creative practice, right? Sometimes it just happens, right? And that's amazing. And then other times I kind of have to go to the well and and ask Mm -hmm. to receive. And I'm going to really out myself right now but I heard this amazing quote from Tori Amos one time that she Mm -hmm. said that you know the muse is a tricky creature so you have to beckon her in with grapes Mm -hmm. right like the muse is gonna come when she feels like it but also like you got to create an inviting space for her to be in right so you know I think of it the same way in terms of turning on that spiritual channeling of creativity it's like am I creating an environment that a, a, a spiritual muse would want to visit, right? Um, so, and my songwriting retreat that I go on every year is is has become like paramount to that of like, okay, this is the space, this is the time that I'm writing, and I am available, right? It's just like, and I the same thing with spirit when I'm doing um, mediumship sessions. There are one of the tools that they they share is like you know visualizing an open door or you know a veil being lifted so that like okay I'm a radio beacon I'm a tower I'm available right now if anyone wants to contact me right um but then there are times when you know I'm a human with my day-to-day life I have to close the door and then put a lock on it and say nope Netflix and chill time sorry Jocelyn needs to take a shower <laughs> you know like not available right now um and I think it's the same thing with with creating right where I would like to live in a world where I'm just constantly available to create um but and, and I try to but at the same time it's it's not practical you know <laughs> so um and and I think I I was hearing this recently too like Tom Waits had it was known to have you know, curse the muse at times. He'd be like, don't you see I'm driving here? I can't receive your song right now, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, on another level too, my songs have been, and this is something that I learned, obviously in hindsight, my songs have been predictive. I would write a song, one of the mm-hmm. songs on the album, um, The Brave Ones, which was the second single, I wrote that and then, and it's a little bit of a nebulous song lyric-wise, so I was never really sure what it was about, but it kind of just came out, and I was like, okay, well, I guess this song exists. I don't know what it's about, but whatever. And then later, I found these ties that were, like, specific to the relationship I was in at the time. You know, even Better, which was the first single from Push, the fir- I wrote that song five years ago, and the first line was, listen up, the whole world's in the, in the flux of a fever. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I was like, what does that mean? I don't know what that means, but here we are in COVID. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, well, that could be a coincidence, maybe. But then, the, I don't know. It's just, it, it's been predictive of my personal life enough that I feel like, regardless of how it affects people <laughs> as a precognitive thing for them, it, you know, my songs tell me what I need to hear before I even know I need to hear it. Mm-hmm. And I trust that process. Absolutely. Yeah, I've definitely, I've definitely seen um, that happen. And I think it happens more than we think. I guess because when you, maybe when you access that inspiration, it kind of shows you things that you you wouldn't be able to see with your conscious mind. But 
you sort of already well know. Um, this might be an unanswerable, unanswerable question also, but uh, do you feel like creativity and the spirits that you're um, that you're able to interact with during your sessions come from the same place? Is it like the same force or is it different? Ooh, I love unanswerable questions. That's amazing. <laughs> well, I think on a grand level, you know, my personal belief is such that, you know, I think that everything comes from the same source, right? So in one way, nothing is separate, right? And um, there's no two ways about that for me. But on a kind of, if you think of it in like a fractal level, right? So if we have source being kind of the main source, right? And then, you know, different kind of fractals of that consciousness kind of coming down from it how can I put this like in the same way that if you're in a a team with some people right so a class or you know a a co-worker situation different people have different roles right so you know there's one kid in the class who's the hall monitor and Mm -hmm. one kid you know is kind of the tattletale and the other kid is the class clown right Um, and some of them are assigned and some of them are kind of self guided, right? But I think it works the same way with, for me at least, with different sources of inspiration, right? Mm -hmm. And it it also depends on the song. Like, I've had experiences, you know, like the Brave Ones, for example, writing that song, I really felt like it was a very specific energy that was using my body as a resonant voice to create through, right? And then even in my vocal engineer, uh, Dan Brennan, he'll tell you, when I got into the studio to record that song, I did my own version of it, right? And I sang it, and I was like, this isn't quite right. So I I went back in and kind of cleansed my energy and opened the channel as I would in a mediumship session, and I said, okay, whoever wrote this song, please sing through me right now. And I just invited them, you know, after protecting myself and protecting my energy, invited whoever wrote the song to please sing it, because you wrote it, so you should sing it. And I'm you can hear audibly the difference in my two vocal takes. And my engineer is like not a witchy woo-woo kind of guy. And he was like, what just happened? Like he was like a little disturbed by it. Um, but I mean, he's a great friend of mine and he he supports me in all I do in my creative process. So that was great to have an engineer who was like, I was like, no, I'm sorry. I need to let the spirit who wrote the song <laughs> sing through me at this time. Um, but you know, that was a really specific example. But then other songs, you know, I'll be like, okay, this feels like it's coming from... a a collective divine energy source or this one is coming from me right like I am the creator of some of these things so being open to co-collaborating with spirit and just you know not being able to really know but just being open to because again even if it's just a thought exercise even if it's just a thought exercise and it's not like quote-unquote real it still changed the quality of my performance Mm -hmm. you know so it is real and that's exciting to me to kind of play with that boundary yeah absolutely so cool um and what a, what an interesting story it would be cool to hear the two takes I know the first I know I should never ha- go <laughs> anywhere but... <laughs> I should have him bounce both I don't know if he yeah he probably still has it um but yeah that's that's amazing um I did notice uh one thing that struck me about I guess I was reading about your work as a medium on your website and it seems very Um, very connected to helping people grow and helping people heal and you say provide guidance on your creative path and offer comfort um, and create a sacred space of healing which is really cool because I I guess in the stereotypical interpretation of mediums you wouldn't associate 
that with it with healing as much as just sort of mm. connection and then I noticed also in your album you talk about how it's a process of healing um through radical self-love so I guess my question is yeah what what makes you want to use these kind of gifts in order to heal or um how did you how did you decide to do that or reach that place mm, that's a beautiful question hmm I'm on a mission from God. That's the, that's the short answer. Yeah, I said you to quote that one. <laughs> to, quote, to quote the Blues Brothers. And I've been saying that for a long time. Oh, that's a great question. You know, it's funny. I never thought about it that way. What ma- I don't think I, I ever decided that I wanted to. You know what I mean? I think it's just kind of what I'm doing yeah. <laughs> in a way. And it's funny because I mean that with like the the biggest smile on my face you know and and it's like I didn't really choose it it kind of chose me for lack of a better term but also you know I think every creative act is a is an act of healing and I think also the word healing you know it's so funny I was chatting with my friend the other day and he said he has mindfulness fatigue Mm -hmm. and I was like I totally get it you know because we hear this phrase all the time it's like oh self-love self-care healing like let's right and it gets a little washed out after a while and I think that that's sad because ultimately what it's really about for me is I've been through some stuff, you know? I've, you know, I I have the privileges that I have that I'm incredibly grateful for, and I also have had some really intensely life-altering events happen that I have seen the world and my own capacity for power and love in a new way because of the hindrances of my life path. You know, so I think I do feel an obligation to, because I received so much help to get through what I've been through, that I want to help others. And I think that music is one of the best ways that I can be helpful because I don't have to be there, right? I can, I can reach more people if, if I can just literally record it and go, okay, internet, like you take it now, right? And see what happens, see how it grows. Um, you know, music is the thing that brings me the most comfort. You know, you put on the sad song when you're going through a breakup. You put on the happy song when you're, you know, needing a dance. And it's a universal equalizer, you know. So it's it's organically, quote unquote, you know, healing without us really even intending it to be. It just is part of our divine birthright to connect in that spiritual way. And music is spiritual in, in that it's not material, right? Like if you're listening to a recording, nothing material is happening. You know, technically the vibrations are hitting your ears, right? But it's like, I am, if I'm singing to you, I am in your body. That's wild. Isn't that wild? I mean, that's spirituality at its core to me. So I, I take that responsibility very, with, with like a lot of love in my heart. And that means that I want to raise the vibration of the whole world. You know, there's enough going on. There's enough going on that's hard. And I think that taking it, like, yeah, I could just make an album of goofy songs. I absolutely could, and I probably will. Mm-hmm. I hope to. That will be super fun. Um, it's not all so, like, heavy, right? But if I have an opportunity to use these skills and talents to raise somebody else's vibration, I've done my job on this planet, and I feel like I can look myself in the eye and say, like, yeah, you didn't walk away. You know, this stuff happened and you didn't walk away. Or even if nothing happened, you know, I'm not special in that I went through stuff. Everybody's gone through stuff. I'm really not special in that. And and I think that music helps me with that also. You know, it's that equalizer. It's like, no, we're we're not all the same. We're not. Mm-hmm. And I and we can celebrate our differences 
by coming together in community. Music creates the community. It doesn't like flatten the curve. It brings us together so that we can celebrate who we are as individuals. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's beautiful. Um, I was definitely definitely struck by the relationship and yeah, how you talk about your album and music and then also how you talk about your work as a medium, um, which seems to be such a healing, kind of like empowering thing. Um, how do you how do you use your sessions to empower people or to open people up? Oh, that's a great question too. And you know, it's interesting because I'll tell people, you know, I'm a psychic medium, but I'm not a fortune teller, mm-hmm. right? Like I can't. And also, people have free will, right? So anybody can do whatever they want at any time. And and I think people come into a session looking to connect, right? Like I don't think anyone books it because they're they don't want something to happen, right? Um, and it's not up to me. Is is the the core of that answer, right? I'm just there to whatever spirit needs to say. I literally, my only work is to get out of the way and make sure that I'm not trying to make anything happen, right? So uh, I'm not here to fix anybody. But what happens a lot is that, you know, people hear something that they weren't expecting to hear that, again, like, spirit knows is, is the thing that they need to hear. You know, that's that's the core of mm-hmm. it. Spirit knows what we need and to trust that. So what I'll and and to kind of get the fine tune of it is you know mediums often will have different kind of specialties that they have right so there's medical intuitives for example that can you know really are in tune with the body and can and look at someone and go oh hey you have an illness here you should see this doctor right um or you know there's that tv show about the detective medium who can walk into a space right so everybody kind of has their own little niche and mine just as I'm just finding um happens to be that creativity and and particularly like our soul's true calling or someone's you know dream project it just happens to come up a lot in in readings that I've been giving so I've been offering that as like hey this is a point of focus and it makes sense for me because it's work that I do in my own life right um so I just try to encourage people as myself right like whatever comes up in this session that's up to spirit to say and up to the sitter or the the person getting the reading to interpret for themselves and then act however they would choose to um but as an individual then I can say okay afterward if you need any support in that you know like look at my website look at the things that I'm doing like yes you can do the thing that you want to do right like if nothing else I can show you that because that's what I'm doing right now it's like you know I'm, I'm doing all the things and I'm tired but it's it's possible and it's also worth it you know it's worth it that there's no human barrier too great to really truly follow your dream and again that like American dream thing can be so ugh, like it makes me super uncomfortable sometimes mm-hmm. like just believe in yourself it's like well that's that's really hard <laughs> to, to do mm-hmm. so to give people extra reinforcement is really the idea everyone already knows what what com- is coming up usually right they just need to be reminded and held in that space so I try to hold people and also show them that it's possible that's so beautiful um, you're definitely you're definitely doing a lot, um, and I love how, <laughs> how interconnected all of these things are um, in your work you. and practices. I know you also create um, textiles and costumes and all sorts of different things. Um, I was wondering, like we've talked mostly about music and um, spirituality in that area. Are there any other major forces that are players in your life and work? Oh, man. Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do. I'm a maker as well, and I love... Uh, yeah that intersection like you said is a great word and and they're all so it's kind of like 
I don't know. I feel I feel very abundant because I I was raised in such a way that, you know, we were always on a budget, right? We was always like, you know, wait to wash your clothes until they're like super stinky or, you know, use the recycling to make a castle for your Barbies. It was like, you know, we we were doing the best with what we had growing up and I think that that really allowed me a lot of creativity as an artist because, you know, I love making things that become visual representations of music, right? And it's also a, a form of synesthesia that I have. So um, that's, you know, when you have your senses are kind of crossed, right? So uh, for me, when I hear music, I see images or colors um, and I could tell you, oh, this is a blue song or this is a red song, right? And it, and I actually sequenced my album uh, by, and I can show it to you, I can send you a little uh, picture, but I, um, I would listen to the song and then I would draw with colored pencils and markers like what colors the song was and then I'll put them in order in a way that feels balanced right because if you have too many like blue ones all together the album just sounds kind of funky and switching them around until it looks really cohesive and then you listen back to your playlist and it's amazing like how for me how it works Mm -hmm. out um but yeah art has always been something that informed my music and and that was a download moment too. I remember being 17 and, you know, my counselors at school being like, okay, time to start looking at colleges. And I knew I wanted to be a musician when I grew up, but I knew that I didn't need to go to like a conservatory to make the music that I wanted to make. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, what do I like second best to music? I'm going to go to school for that so that whatever job I have, I can like my job that pays my bills while I'm making music, right? And I was like, oh, I know, I'll go to art school. Now, <laughs> knowing artists, you know, we're in a similar position as musicians in a lot of ways. But that's what ended up happening. I went to art school and I learned all the skills that I needed to learn to make my own websites and make my own album art and make my own music videos and make my own t-shirt designs, you know. So I do all of that myself. Um, it's very rare that I'll, you know, and I do love collaborating with other people for sure. Um, but I love knowing that I, I have that because it's a support network for all the other things that I want to do. So, um, so yeah. Other than that, uh, I'm. I wanna, I've been really into my bujo. I really like my bujo. It's my bullet journal. Oh, nice. That's my. That's like my hobby. Is is my planner, which is maybe the nerdiest thing on this green earth. And I like baking pie. That's that's the last thing I'll tell you that I like. Cause I like baking pie. Yeah, they're all creative acts for sure. Um, yeah, I, that's most of the questions that I have. Um, I did want to ask, yeah, what are you, um, what are you looking to, forward to in the future? I guess you have your album release, um, both in terms of yourself and also um, in terms of just like humankind, I guess. Uh, I've been hearing mm. a lot of people say uh, they feel like right now is a transitional moment where a lot of people are waking up and I don't know um, about that but I have seen a lot of people like wanting to connect with greater Mm -hmm. consciousness like a lot of the people I've interviewed for this they all seem to mention something about um, this like desire to connect with the greater consciousness so I guess uh, do you feel do you feel like this is like a pivotal time where people are changing and are you looking forward to the future Um, or do you have any um, any advice for humankind as a whole from the spirit <laughs> world? If that's not a too hard of a question, I I mean, wow, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, 
we all need to take ourselves less seriously. I'll tell you that. Um, and that's just coming up from, from what's come up in my readings, right? And, and for myself, right? Like, and that's the thing is, you know, I can't in good faith give anybody any advice that I haven't taken myself, right? So yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. once I learn to take myself less seriously, then I can start telling other people that. But <laughs> um, that's a great question, though. And and I, th- yeah. Yeah, don't take so it one too thing, seriously, I guess. Right, I know, and it's hard. Um, well, because I think that when we take things seriously, it's, it's just kind of this indication that we care, mm-hmm. right? So it's like, how can I strip away, you know, the ego version of it, the bull version, you know, the self-guilt version of everything, right? And just get to the core. It's like, oh, no, I'm worked up about this because I really care, mm-hmm. you know? If we all could just, like, get there, it, it would maybe be easier on everybody is all. Um but one thing that's coming up in readings a lot about kind of the bigger picture stuff, I, for myself, I've learned a little bit like not to look forward to things. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's, you know, a, a result of my trauma, but <laughs> um, just trying to stay as present as I can has really served me very well. Um, and I mean that in a good way, not in like a, you know, apocalyptic way. But um, but something that's come up is that the younger generations right now, um, particularly people in their teens and 20s, are absolutely more cognizant of the cosmic consciousness than even my generation was, right? And on our creativity and our connectivity. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's because of the internet. Maybe it's because of a cosmic awakening. Maybe it's from TikTok. I don't know. <laughs> but people are more aware that we are connected now, I think. I think, right? I wasn't around before so I can't tell you what it was like then but I know now that young people who I I give readings to are often very burdened and overwhelmed by oh my gosh this is too much to handle what can I possibly do what what change can I possibly make because they see the enormity of the intensity of our world right now they see the environment in the state that it's in and social justice in the complete shambles that it's in and inequality and you know they they feel it all I think people are waking up as empaths right and an empath is is someone who identifies as I can feel your feelings without you having to tell me right so more and more people are getting comfortable saying that out loud and that's incredible, right? That is such a gift in and of itself. But then with that, what I'm seeing is that it comes with this intense, overbearing burden, and almost it paralyzes folks sometimes. Because then they go, oh, man, but I'm just this one little person. How can I possibly do anything? Right? And then they, they it's like, oh, but if I want to change the environment, then I got to do this, and I got to write to Congress, and then I got to lose sleep, and I can't, blah, blah, blah. like, there's actually an episode of Queer Eye that shows a girl who is a perfect example of this, and she was in Philadelphia, and she was the sweetest person, mm-hmm. and she was just completely at age like 19, like, or 18, paralyzed because, and she, meanwhile, she was doing so much, so much. So I think the key from Spirit has been to, like, Yes, stay aware of your conscious connectivity and trust yourself. Trust that you are part of it. Trust that your contribution is irreplaceable and completely inextricable from the whole, right? Like if I know that I have the highest and greatest intention for all, no, I may not be able to be in another state, you know, passing a law, doing a bill, you know, saving the Arctic or whatever, right? I can only be where I am. But I can trust that where I am is where I'm supposed to be. 
and I can trust that the skills and talents that I've been given when used for the highest and greatest good for all are always going to align for something greater than ourselves. And it's not up to me to see that path. So to just have faith in it and just go, okay, yeah, I'm like for me, I've had to say, I'm an artist, musician, psychic, medium, pie baking nerd who likes to stay inside. (laughs) That feels paralyzing sometimes because I'm like, how am I possibly going to do any good for anybody else like that? You know, but it's, it's really important that we are true to ourselves. And the more we can encourage each other to say, no, what you contribute is amazing. It's like a potluck. Again, this party (laughs) metaphor keeps coming up. Right? It's all a big party. And like that life is meant to be fun. We are meant to live on this earth to love and to share and to grow and connect with each other. This is not a veil of tears place to be, right? Like earth is cool. Having a body is really cool. We can sing, we can dance, we can kiss and like do all this fun stuff. And like, so let me use my body for the things that I can use it for while I have a body right? I can suffer whether I have a body or not, but I can't bake pie without hands, you know? So let me use these hands right now and I have them. And that's something about my spirit connection that's like, oh man, it just makes it so much easier to just go, okay, yeah, I can worry about that later. But like, while I have a voice, let me use it, you know, let me sing with this voice. So I don't know. I just encourage everybody to just really trust themselves and like, do the fun thing, do the thing you want to do. Thank you. That was a, that was exactly the answer I was looking for, <laughs> hoping for Good. something like that. Um, so yeah, that was so beautiful um, and and great advice. I'm excited to put it out in the world. Um, yeah, that's all the questions I have. Do you have any any final thoughts or things you want to add? Well, what's your what's your favorite thing to do? Um, yeah, I also do music. Um, I do. I also love writing about music, which is what I'm doing now. And this podcast is kind of part of that. Uh, but yeah, definitely definitely music and creative things and all those types of things. So um, yeah, it was very, very inspiring to hear all your, all your insights. Oh, I'm so glad. And it's inspiring to see you do your work too, because it's like, again, hold it, making a home for this kind of conversation is super important. And it's really exciting to talk about it. So thank you so much for following that instinct and going with that, because that was truly special. Oh, thank you so much. And yeah, where where in Brooklyn are you? I live in Ditmas Park. Okay, nice. I'm I'm in Bushwick at the moment. Oh, so. nice. Yeah. Um, and there's always I always notice some more like synchronicities or we, you just notice weird things in in New York more than anywhere else I've, oh, yeah. I've ever been. So <laughs> it's a um, magic place for sure. Yeah. Well, thank you. I'm, that was a lot, um, a lot of questions and information. So I really, really appreciate all of that from you. And, um, I will definitely send you a recording before I post it. I'm excited. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. I hope I didn't talk too much. No, that was beautiful. That was, I love, like, that was just great. Um, I agree so much with so much of that and there was just so much yeah, so much wisdom in different places there. So I'm so glad. And you know, it's all coming from up. I'm just I'm just opening my mouth. Absolutely. I'm, I'm just a I like to say I'm just a, a ham with a beam of light inside of it. <laughs> Literally just like a meat sack. I'm a skeleton wrapped in meat with a ghost inside of it. That's me. <laughs> I love it. I I agree. I yeah, I feel that. <laughs> right?